nine is going for the universal symbol and also the universal symbol that has always existed forever yes Mm -hmm. maybe it's possible that forming five is inventing actually like there is a way that forming five is like self-discovering and inventing themselves and their own perception yeah because the types that are double hex adding are not wanting to do any of the adapting so there's more of a i'm I'm the source of it all. Right. I'm doing the work. I'm taking the brunt for everybody else who's, like, adapting. Mm. The Big Hormone Enneagram. I'm John Lukovich, 415, sexual self-praise, 458 traffic. I'm David Gray, self pressed sexual, nine with one wing, nine seven four trifix. What up? It's Emika. I'm an eight wing seven, sexual self press with eight five four fixes. Hi, I'm Nancy. I'm a three wing four, self pressed social, nine trifix. Hi, I'm Alexandra. I'm a social self preservation, nine wing one, nine six three trifix. If you like or hate us, make sure you go like and subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and make sure you leave us a review. I felt like last week was a lot of fun just like riffing and going yeah, yeah. out of nowhere in a certain way. Like we haven't done that in a while and it was it was good. Yeah, it was really fun to edit that one. That was that's a really fun episode. I, we, yeah. It's one of the most fun out that that we've done. <laughs> Alexandra just appeared on The Prince's Court. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh nice. It did uh I heard, overheard some of it, but they did like uh, clips from what show? Love is Blind. Mm. Love is Blind, where it's a show where these people are like in a box and they can't talk to each other. Or they can only yeah. talk to each other, but they can't see each other. And then they yeah, like. Yeah, I've seen it. Okay. They like, have seen it. Unfortunately, what do you th- of course I've seen it. I was in a relationship. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Part of her attraction display. Oh, she was blessing yeah. me with that one. Yeah. <laughs> Reality TV? Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so I was wa- I was I was watching the clips that Alexander was like when she was figuring out what to get Joseph to splice up for their commentary, mm-hmm. and just like how fucking stupid a lot of these people are, <laughs> and I can imagine it was just very funny because I mean just the idiocy in, in, encapsulated in a lot of these examples just amazing. Yeah, there's like a way that that stuff is like great to respond to because people that don't know that they are their type are already more dramatically their type, you know what I mean? Like mm. more caricature-y. Yep. Um, and then you like, you what is it called? You like reduce that pool even more uh, to make it specific to people that would volunteer to be on a reality show and then oh, you man. just have the yeah. dumbest kind. <laughs> it's good, it's amazing. They just give you great stuff. <clears throat> you know, I've realized that's one unintentional effect of doing this podcast is, I mean, it's almost like mixing a bunch of genres. Like we did create kind of a reality podcast. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. People are it's true. consuming us as if we're reality show people. <laughs> yeah, right. I didn't think that's <laughs> yeah. true. That's funny, they do yeah. interact with us as if. Because sometimes I'm like, oh, this episode doesn't have any information, but it's just like us talking about personal stuff. And I'm like, no, people obsess about that shit. Like whole Nancy's like, you know, failed move to the netherlands people were like oh my gosh i'm so sorry for nancy you know commenting where were they (laughs) saying that on i think it was just somebody commented that on youtube and i'm like man people are really caring (laughs) we gotta let them know that nancy never moved it was just a connection to the saga yeah right we just made it up saga we're creating yeah the producers of the show wanted some drama so (laughs) yeah Uh, (laughs) only i had made money off of it and then that would have been great (laughs) So are we going to do three wings today, or are we going to just riff on something else? I'm in a bit of a riff mood myself. I'm in a riff mood, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's riff. I'm in a riff <laughs> mood, too. Let's do it. Yeah. I don't know what could riff about that. <laughs> the biggest thing that we've all been thinking about is the Josh's new object relational stuff. It's just all the different ways to mm, play yeah. with that. Um, so I've been thinking about that ever since. So if there's any angle that anybody, anything interesting that anybody's thought of that won't give away too much from the course. Mm. Yeah. I feel like I have a lot of stuff, but it's not like organized. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Sammy had a, a interesting angle. She was looking at um, the, you know, the field of each center 
from the point of view of the triad. And I thought it was, uh, it opened something up for me, especially with the super ego. And we were trying to find the right word for what, because I mean, for, for example, withdrawn types, so withdrawing from the field of, you know, sensation, like each of the withdrawn types is pulling back yeah. uh, to some kind of singular experience of the field. And um, with the superego, we couldn't find the right word. And I was like, oh, you know what? I think the word judgment, because what is six attached to? What is the anxiety? And it's attachment to not just orientation, orientation but the judgment yes. of orientation which is where you know all the superego types are in some reaction to the judgment. So two is rejection of the judgment of gaze, the superego judgment. And one is frustration with you know, superego judgment. And so the anxiety and the work ethic and am I doing it right and cross-referencing is the anxiety about the judgment of orientation. And... The two is rejection of that judgment. So I'm going to avoid, I'm rejecting gaze so that I don't have to deal with this re, uh, judgment that I'm supposed to be loving and good. I'm not even going to register gaze to, because I'm rejecting. So I, I was like, oh, that connects some dots as to what the attachment, rejection, and frustration uh, for super ego yeah types. i mean with six that shows up as <clears throat> there's a lot of judgment of you know concern about being judged and judging mm -hmm. others around which right. thing you follow which right which orientation map you've chosen and which side you're on right and and that side over there is the bad side and i'm on the good side mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff yeah, I like I'm not totally clear on the language, but what I would say with like with the sixth thing is like, you know, you're able to borrow extraneous or exogenous maps mm -hmm. uh, to provide orientation, but then you get multiple maps and some of the maps contradict one another. Mm -hmm. And so then there becomes this um, the evaluation thing is really strong, but it's it's because it is aimed at exogenous sources of orientation that mm -hmm. it's going to take on that has this judgmental yeah. quality to it whereas like and which is right you right. know which is mm -hmm. and you know part of the anxiety of the mental types is that the map is never the territory right and it's mm -hmm. always an approximation mm -hmm. and it's always alienated and so not only which ones am i getting but are the people or sources that i'm getting the map from good themselves or functioning themselves mm -hmm. whereas like five is just cutting off from the exogenous thing and it's like just building it baby steps on their own but then with the one you know it's like the one is trying to purify the holding environment they're like agitated yeah. in the holding environment and so there's not only like this specific thing is contaminating my holding environment but also there's this um there's, you know, especially with the social instinct and the sexual instinct, there's this way that if I, uh, like, to, to purify the holding environment is purifying the holding environment for everybody as well, you mm -hmm. know? Mm -hmm. Like, I suspect that if you were to have a self-pres one that had no social instinct and no sexual instinct, it really would be about purifying my literal environment. Yeah. But when you've got some social in there, it becomes about purifying the holding environment so that we can finally fucking relax or find whatever and then with mm. the two like the rejection of gaze is like you you nailed it last time i think we spoke emiko where it was like they're not paying attention to the way you pay attention to them mm -hmm. they're not they're not letting in how you are responding to their behavior and they're not taking that in as oh this might be this might reflect my identity. And so your evaluation or judgment of them, they're not taking that in. They're not they're not taking in, <laughs> they're not taking their th that in, but also it's like uh the way to the the some of the judgment stuff comes in for two with the way they handle rejecting gaze but still being a part of the field of gaze is mm -hmm. by being the one who offers gaze. 
Mm. And yeah. so to offer gaze, you need to be in the right position, so to speak, to offer gaze. You need mm. to be the good, loving, gaze-giving breast. <laughs> yep. Breast, gu- breast right. gun, milk gun, whatever. <laughs> yeah. Super soaker. No, it's been opening things up, just uh, trying on the different triads or you know the different yeah. object relational affects from this point of view because it's like really clarifying way to look at it. You know, one of the things that Josh and I have been talking about, and I know that we've all talked about, and I'm closing my eyes to hold on to the thought, but something you're saying about these centers, uh, sorry, the these what, Hornavians, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, like maybe, like, I don't know, this is not fleshed out, but like, this may be why seven and, five, and eight are next to each other, because something about like, there's a common aim in a certain way in finding the right orientation to the good stuff and that creates an assertive type in the head center Mm -hmm. and being like um and and creating the holding environment for oneself in the body center yeah there's a natural uh syntony or whatever the word is Mm. there i wonder yeah i wonder if that could be applied to all like you know one and two and five and four if there's like a that kind of thing there yeah, because when I think of like, you know, David likes to say aid is like to bust up the old format, bust up the old format or old format or bust up the old themes. And that feels a little bit, I mean, I think all aids do that to a certain degree, but there's a centralizing effect that eight wing nine or um, outcome or power base that eight wing nine is going for because the attachment means that I need to be the center of some expanding power base and we don't move whereas eight wing seven is got this i think that when i said leverage point it has an eight seven quality of when you combine seven and eight is you have these points that i can move around freely where i'm not tied to one sort of like central power base but um this it's got this frustration with orientation thing going on where i have multiple options to to apply leverage where I can get certain results done. And I'm mercurial and I'm not tied to any one position. So you can't really like come at a central, um, yeah, like the eight wing nine thing is like an expanding fucking central PowerPoint, like a dictator. That's usually eight wing nines that end up in positions like that. Mm-hmm. Eight wing sevens are kind of like seemingly, seeming like, or seven wing eights just seemingly not tied to one position quite as much. It's more like I've got a point here, I've got a point here, I've got a point here, and you know. Yeah, there's a you know one of the things about like the the eights relationship to the holding environment is that basically like the rejection thing is like trying to give themselves room to move around in you know mm-hmm. where they're yeah. in their own holding environment, right? And so right. like it really you know gives me the image of like you're like kind of like shaking your fucking shoulders or something trying to like just fuck off kind of thing yeah and it's got that seven restlessness thing close by you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like like uh it's interesting from the eight nine point of view of like all right if i'm trying to make room but i'm also attached it's like i don't know you're much more invested in because i noticed this with my sister she's it feels like she's much more affected by the environment people's opinions and things like that so she's much more controlling than i am yeah 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 yeah. she has to be because she's more affected whereas it feels like my the field of what affects me is much smaller and so where i find i'm looking for leverage I don't need as much leverage as he does, and I have leverage yeah. in many different places. And so that doesn't feel like I need, I don't feel as much as like I'm having to protect as much as she does. Like she's much more vigilant about like, no, you don't, you don't cross those boundaries because she's much more affected, I think. Yeah, eight seven has like uh like mercurial leverage. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like moving target leverage. Yeah. Yeah, you think eight wing nines, even if they're like social blind, could still be a little bit more like hierarchy oriented because of that carving out my piece place on the mountain or something. I just think in general, eight nine is much more affected by the power game. It feels like to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like she's even just like the slightest amount of I mean, maybe because she's got six and three, 
but it, it feels mm-hmm. the A wing nines that I've seen, like what, what, what creates someone or what is the drive that creates a dictator? I mean, just to really think about like how vigilant from a power, I mean, I'm just trying to imagine what it would take for me to, to do something like that. And it feels very specific to A wing nine. Whereas like you really have to be sensitive and vigilant to so many different um, like the environment and people as objects in the mm-hmm. environment to build a power base like that. I don't think it's something that would come easy to an eight wing seven. Like that's a very specific yeah. to a wing nine type of thing. It's got more be- of a chip on its shoulder because it does have attachment. Yes. You know? yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. I was going to mention attachment too. And I think that's why it is a bit more still is because there is like a, um, uh, like a sort of antenna out for the status quo and maintaining it, you know, whereas like a seven wing, it could be said that a seven wing is just not as interested in keeping that kind of power because that would get boring. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you have to maintain it. That's, that's, yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. We should, we should be like, uh, let's invite, let's invite Emika's sister on here to just talk about being eight wing nine. And then she just like takes over the podcast. Just like, <laughs> like, I mean, that's such a, that would be such a, she's just much more conservative than i am because mm-hmm. she builds slowly and whatever she has she's in control of so the idea of showing up on a podcast where she doesn't know anybody and she's not like fully prepared like that's just not gonna happen <laughs> yeah that's interesting uh that i don't know maybe maybe it's self-consciousness but there is a like a compared to eight wing seven more of like a, a reticent thing like mm-hmm. yeah this, i don't know it's just interesting because it's Kind of like uh, line to five flavors of stuff that isn't as much in eight wing seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's interesting. It's interesting to me how, uh, in some ways, she's much more obviously eight than I am, but in other ways, she's uh, much more sensitive and much more affected by things mm-hmm. than I am. So it's like, yeah, far more controlling, but that's because she is more affected. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then let's see with with one and one wing nine and versus one wing two i'm trying to think about there's one wing two with the purifying the holding environment while also being the gaze deliverer mm-hmm. uh let's see that's one's a little tougher well it's partly that's uh brings the teacher quality to mm-hmm. me of that mm-hmm. one with the two Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was a that was one of our toughest ones that we did. We did one wings that was hard because we don't have that, that episode examples. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah. I'm just trying to think like uh, if there's something that can be excavated from purifying and gaze delivering. You know, of like there's crossover there in the same way that eight and seven kind of have as they these centers are adjacent. It's like what is one and two. Was the intersection between those two? I guess it underscores the the judgment, the the finding the right position. Well, I don't know if this goes anywhere, but like one to me is you know the voice of God kind of thing, or I know everything that God knows, and then two is uh, has a self image of being angelic or a god or something like that i don't know there's something in that kind mm-hmm. of goodness it's uh, doubling down on the voice of god yeah there's also this quality of one where like one is hopeful that the holding is going to come right like nine is hopeful that the like part part of all right so for listeners I think positive outlook for two, seven, and nine is is a dumb term. Mm-hmm. I think uh, hopeful outlook is better because mm-hmm. you know, yeah. like how negative and sad nines can be, or whatever. But mm-hmm. there's still this kind of, you know, uh, could have been be, worse. It it'll be fine. It could have been worse, or this could work well, out. Like if I just attach hard enough or squint hard enough, or whatever, it can work. It's more um, like survivability for on the nine end. Is just like I can make it through this. I just I gotta. Shrink. Go to sleep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So with with one, there's there's like there is a hopefulness as well. It's like if I can purify the thing, uh, you know, then then the whole thing will come. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but in so doing, uh, like, there's like, let's look for a right holding, but then there is something like if I will get the right holding because I like deserve it because I'm so good, you know, like I'm the, I'm the gaze giver or something like this. There's this mm. sense of uh, the inner angel of, of fire and judgment or whatever. That's like, like there seems to be more, you know, maybe more faith in the purification project than one wing nine. Yeah. Because one wing nine is they do adapt a bit. They do numb a little bit to just like sort of make this thing work. Yeah, yeah. How's that sound, yeah. baby? Uh, yeah, yeah it sounds good to me. I was going to say that when One Wing Two, it's almost like a like sacrificing a themselves to be be have that like higher righteousness coming through them. Yeah, yeah, because the it types that. Our double hex adding are not wanting to do any of the adapting, so there's more of a I'm, I'm the source of it all. Right, I'm doing the work. I'm taking the brunt for everybody else who's like mm-hmm. adapting. Mm-hmm. I don't know. There's something there. It's also that the types that don't have an attachment wing because they're not porous and not taking, not affected by, um, the center. Shit, what was I going? Where was I going with that? Oh, fuck, I lost it. That's what happens when we riff. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you say, Alexander? I said the nine got him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nine. I touched nine. I was like, Yeah, he got his amazing. little wing. And- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He got sucked in. <laughs> Cult of cream is working. <laughs> Slowly being infected. <laughs> uh, there's something there, though. Well, I mean, all right. Two feels like more of a hope provider or imposer, maybe. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> hope yeah. imposer. I like imposer, yeah. Imposer. That's more correct. <laughs> you know, I don't think like provider is imposition. It's not <laughs> provider. Well, At least, of course, I'm coming from a triple attachment perspective where I think you're all insane, you know, and selfish <laughs> and imposed. I just feel imposed upon too easily. So, yeah. 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 Well, maybe it's a different form of like reform where, like, you know, like I said, with eight wing nine, it's much more of a centralized power base, and so you get the dictator, you know, boss archetype with eight nine. And I'm wondering if one wing nine is more of a I'm going to stay in one spot and and reform this environment, whereas one two is out there trying to yeah, you know what I'm saying? So Another, yeah, well, like oh, go ahead, David. One wing nine feels like it's um, going into sort of um a removed idyllic um uh whatever cogitation about uh what the holding environment could be and it stays in more abstract space mm-hmm. whereas mm-hmm. the one two is the hands on imposition on everyone mhm yeah i uh i think of like Noam Chomsky's a one wing nine right i would think so yeah so he's like, he, you know, he's like making commentary and stuff like this, but he's still very soft-spoken and, he's and removed. He's removed, but he's still like, you know, he's not like Bernie on TV, like health. We don't have health care in this country or whatever. You know, he's just like, he's just kind of like very like gently critiquing and kind of trying to bring things in a certain direction. But it's still like kind of in one spot, you know. Like mm-hmm. um, one of the things that is interesting just about Bernie as a, as a one two is like how energetic he is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, just like he's still playing basketball and he's just all over the place. And like <laughs> there was recently, uh, like going around viral was like some girl and some like yeah, doorman. I was just gonna bring that up. Yeah, some doorman in New York were like doing a TikTok dance, and like. <laughs> Bernie, like Bernie, just got caught in it or something, and he just <laughs> walks up and he's like, he gives it one look and he just, <laughs> he's like, no, it's an absolute look of disdain too. Yeah, he just, was like, ugh, well, <laughs> just go by. This yeah. is kind of uh, bringing up the correlation to me between two and seven. Like two and mm. seven are dispersed, have a, I don't know, big dispersion energy or multiplicity kind of thing you know where two is like about multiple relationships right you know what i mean and it's and it's got that uh the thing 
talked about before, two and seven are the widest open angles on mm-hmm. the symbol. So mm. it's so there's that as far as like you're talking about John one with a nine is sort of in one place. One yeah. with a two is in more places, so to speak. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. This was kind of from when we did the wings episodes too. Um, but one wing nine is also just gonna be more responsive to what needs reforming because it's more aware of the state of everything due to the nine mm. wing. Yes. Mm, yeah. You know, good. whereas mm. like one wing two, it's possible that it could just have more energy because it's not picking up on the environment. It's just coming up with its own shit, you know, it's and just then closing it. Mm. <laughs> you know, and a yeah. similar thing with like eight wing seven and eight wing nine. Eight wing nine is maybe going to be more like aggressive about its um, about its leverage and about its control because it can sense all the ways that it is vulnerable. Yeah. Uh, whereas eight wing seven doesn't have doesn't really pick up on that vulnerability as much as just double you know it's just double imposing it's just picking whatever it wants to control and then controlling it. Yeah, because I think eight nine is more of an effective boss archetype because it make when you think about like yeah because when you think about like uh, the eight fixation what makes sense is that there's an environment and you're controlling the boundaries of that environment and you're at the center and you're, you know, tracking the boundaries. Whereas eight, so eight nines make more sense. Like there are more eight nines and it, when eight nines are really doing their thing, it works better. Mm -hmm. Uh, But eight seven is sort of saying, yeah, core eight, I'm still looking at the boundaries, but what if we don't have boundaries and we just control certain power zones mm-hmm. that effectively act as boundaries, but they, we're not actually manning a sealed environment? You know, so it's like, for example, let's say you have a trade agreement. The 8-9 is going to want to control every port of the country. It feels like 8-9s have to control all the pieces because that's the only way you can guarantee that everything is under control in an environment. So it, it feels like if you actually wanted to make sure that things went your way, you'd have to do it the eight wing nine way because you're actually mm-hmm. sensitive to the whole system. Whereas eight wing sevens are like, I can move fast enough. You know, I can, I don't have to, you know, do all that. I can just. <laughs> eight wing sevens in. are the arms dealers that are like, you know, getting with <laughs> yeah, their Right. <laughs> it's an interesting thing though that uh the sensitivity is more of more of a thing with eight nine and that's part of why they are more controlling because you're gonna have to do something about that vulnerability. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're also way less active. Mm-hmm. Cause to me it's like, all right, you hit me here, I'm gonna move. Right. I don't <laughs> I don't need to deal with that. I'm or I'm just not gonna give a shit about it. I'll I'll move yeah. on, you know. Yeah, and there's the seven wing two of eight wing seven two of like I don't like this. That's boring. Bye. You know? <laughs> yeah, just it's like, okay. Later. <laughs> You're out. Reactively reject the thing I'm bored by. Bye. Yeah. Yeah, that's actually a really good point that eight wing nines, like eight, eight in general gets this reputation of being very clear on their preferences. Mm-hmm. But I think eight wing seven is very clear on their preferences, whereas eight wing nines yeah. often get carried, like, so something that we're unpacking in rejection, and this is not to say other types know themselves better, but that like rejection types get in a thing where it's like they don't know themselves outside of their rejection offering. Mm-hmm. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like That's I am just, I am like, like mm-hmm. I don't know how to be other than my offering because I haven't like explored right. my, like, like a five, it's just all their <clears throat> stuff they're offering, their information and stuff like this. But it's like one of the ways you know yourself in a certain sense, is like your preferences, right? Mm-hmm. Reacting to certain things, and so like I've met eight wing nines that there, there, there's a bit of blankness from the point of view of not in touch with basically who they are apart from whatever their little fiefdom mm-hmm. power cons- cons- consolidation thing is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I could see my sister, my eight sister, relating to a lot of nine just. Mm-hmm. We've had conversations because it it feels like my preferences are really loud. Like mm-hmm. I like this, I you know I don't like this, and I, I'll ask her questions like, you know, on a Saturday morning when you don't have to do anything, what are you doing? Like, right. what are you interested in? And she has to think about it for a while, and she'll tell me, oh, I you know I like this thing over here, 
it, it just feels like it it's like with like a nine like you have to dig it out of her like to get her to like mm-hmm. that this is a hexad type right like but when it comes to productive this is what needs to be done she's far more aware of that because mm-hmm. she's not she doesn't care about you know her preferences are really you know off to the wayside somewhere she's very um aware of what situations needs i'm aware of that stuff but i feel like i get sidetracked by all right i don't want to do that i don't <laughs> not interested in that you know much more easily and, and she's like you know she's just much more um practical how about the four or five space is there anything we can do there i, I like what you said john uh that your separateness of identity is also augmented by i want to make sure i get the right word by a separateness of perception i think is what i might have said yeah and so those two together is like how you orient to your identity is rejecting any exogenous Mm. form of perception and that's that yeah that felt like a clarifying way to explain four or five yeah that yeah because like um because when you do that like what can you construct identity on and i think it's like you know super it's not only super subjective but it's kind of like super symbolic too right Mm -hmm. because oh yeah um like what? What do you naturally produce if you're also you're just rejecting everything from the outside to base a self on? And so, you know, like I have a bunch of like like symbols that I made up myself that are like showed up in artwork and stuff like this that mm-hmm. I tattooed on myself, and they're like, oh, these are coming from me, you know, this kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it does make like that that four wing five, five wing four arena very uh, like symbolic and i'm trying to distinguish it from the nine symbolic but Mm -hmm. there is a bit of like uh a symbolism that does not lend to interpretation in a certain Mm -hmm. way like um i mean i i'm I'm trying not to just talk about myself but i don't have a whole lot of other like fours to talk you know what i mean like sure i mean well there is a way that like nine symbolism is all inclusive like everyone can project whatever they want into it it's totally the opposite i mean the obvious thing is that it's totally the opposite in the sense that nine is going for the universal symbol and also the universal symbol that has always existed forever yes Mm -hmm. Yes. whereas Whereas before it's like starting the day you're born you know yeah yeah totally yes. the opposite yeah totally. no i remember specifically just non-inclusive i'm including fucking nothing no in this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. i remember the on the zone where alexander and i met when we were in my room and i was like going to my drawing pad with her and i can't remember do you remember what i was talking about where i was like i was like extrapolating on certain symbolism or something or other and I was just going Not off. Specifically, no, I wasn't paying attention to what you were saying. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch! <laughs> hey, Do you wow, remember this big, a... meaningful moment? <laughs> <laughs> we're just in a, was... a lust gaze. Yeah. Yes. John was looking at me, and I'm like, "Oh my god, this is dangerous." <laughs> I don't know what he's saying, but I'm just gonna look affirming here. <laughs> just gonna nod my head. I'm kind of kidding. I'm kidding a little bit. I remember you were talking about your art, but no, I don't remember the specifics of it. It was like I me- I just remember a little bit about like the the hyper personalness of it that I was like yeah. unpacking in this very frenzied way, and you were just like, "Uh huh, uh huh." <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, even going back to the symbol thing, like, not, you know, there's, like, uh, the, the cross and, like, the ohm symbol and, you know, fucking triangles or whatever other nine shit nines do. And then John, the symbol tattooed onto his arm is, you will never find it anywhere else because he fucking <laughs> tattooed it onto his arm based on his own, just where he was just being led. Mm-hmm. You know, um, another thing for <laughs> wing five and... John, I'm sure you can unpack this more too. Is that like, you know, four separates, right? And it distinguishes themselves against other things, or not even against. Um, it just is trying to distinguish itself always. Maybe it's possible that four wing five is inventing, actually. Like there is a way that four wing five is like self-discovering and inventing themselves and their own perception. 
Whereas forming, and I've kind of covered this before, mm. but like forming three in a way is just distinguishing. And they ha and the, mm -hmm. the difference there is that to distinguish, you have to be aware of the other thing that you're turning against, mm. you're turning away from. So yeah. like forming three always knows that they're different because they know what everybody's doing. And in a way, a forming five kind of doesn't know how different they are. And it kind of mm. doesn't know how separate they are. Like they, they, I don't know. It's like they know that they're different because it came from them. But John, you can, like I said, you can kind of unpack this, but like a thing that you've been unpacking and discovering on your own is just how separate from everything you've been. You know, and that seems yeah. to just like continue to have layers. Yeah, like this is not like a, like, oh, this is cool thing because it's, it's like I think sometimes the projection on four or five is like oh they're so separate don't they isn't that cool like cool or something mm -hmm. or whatever and so there's a couple things in what you said alexander that come up i mean for one that is the thing that i keep figuring out is like how not on the same page i've been in a way that's been debilitating like there's obviously right, yeah. four. i i want to be not on the same page but there's also ways that i didn't pick up on i didn't have like the distinguish dis, like distinguishing mechanism of this is what i want to separate from Versus right. this is what I want to figure out. It was like I just was separate. Right. But and it's a different, hmm. it's, it, would, it would be a different story if you like knew what it was and knew how it worked and then turned away from it versus yeah. just not having it to begin with. And then, but also you said something about inventing and that actually hit oh, something right. that I hadn't, hadn't articulated where it, not so much now because, uh, you know, just I'm older, but also like I think inner work helps a lot. Um, but uh, and just in terms of just being like having a a clear sense of my own energy that's not based on reactions or whatever. But when I was younger, I felt a lot of struggle around my own authenticity because there was this thing of that that this word inventing self gets at where like things would come out of me, but then I would like um, hold on to them as me too much or something like this and then create like a little narrative to try to understand myself through the lens of this thing that came up through me. And then but that like the time where that interpretation made sense would pass, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. and so there was this thing of like, I'm absolutely empty and fake and full of nothing because there are these things I'm trying to kind of like turn into a self that are coming out of me but I'm not knowing how to, where to place them or how to hold them. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's like too much invention, and so it, there's no uh, stable self. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like trying to, it's trying to like map something that's ephemeral, and if it's a moment, you can only like evoke, and it's not always going to be relevant once the moment is passed. Right. And I was thinking about that for. Five four and five six. I was having a conversation with um, there's a five German five in the group I did follow up session with, and we ended up having like an extra hour long conversation because we're he's actually um he's five wing six, but he had like my opposite or my uh, demon functions in OPS, and so we started talking about that, and then we ended up talking about the enneagram. So I end up talking to him about his experience of um, five wing six and what his impression of five wing four um is and he said that something that was helpful to me you know fives are all abstracting but for five wing six there there's the with the attachment wing there's a judgment of whether the abstraction is useful to uh an objective map either pre-existing or created by the five hmm. but it has to there has to be there's a sense of like there, this thing has to be functional towards some kind of map that i'm either creating or already exists and so you get a lot of even with five and sixes that are artistic there's kind of like a a critique of how to abstract something mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um so like susan sontang is like one of the most famous five wing six at least we have her as five wing six and she's written some like really interesting books about like i think on photography or just like how even the act of taking a photo of something changes the way we perceive things and so there's like a there's like a critique you know like we just talked about like attachment to judgment or orientation that's influencing the way that five wing six is abstract and i was thinking about like five four 
and this, you know, inventing, uh, trying to evoke something that's ephemeral, mm-hmm. like you have to, it's almost like I'm relying on something that has its own internal logic mm-hmm. that not necessarily better, but it's kind of like I have to, um, how I'm abstracting is pulling from some sort of separate identity. So it has to make sense only to itself. Mm-hmm. And and it's usually aesthetic because on that abstract level, like what, what renders sense, right? Is mm-hmm. like something like you can't explain necessarily. Yeah. It, it becomes an aesthetic. It's pinging something. your personal aesthetic. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, four five five four space feels has always felt to me like uh, sand running through someone's hand, mm-hmm. you know, like because it's there's it's not it doesn't have the anchor to yeah. to the mm-hmm. whole attachment world, you know, the mm-hmm. basic elemental stuff of humanity. So it's just constantly crumbling, yeah. and so it's a that kind of gets at the the continual uh, self-reinvention or something. Mm, yeah. 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 But I think like, you know, like y'all can see the, my ridiculous room and stuff. And like, there's this sort of reinforcing self through symbols thing mm-hmm. that's happening, you know, like through my, like, I don't have as much art up uh, as I used to, but like, it would just be this kind of echo chamber of my own, narcissistic inner life that would just be you know like yeah, the reinforcing yeah. symbolic whatever feeding on itself that would just kind of uh that would replicate or be in place of uh having like a body mm-hmm. <laughs> no and that makes sense because the the thing i'm talking about with with sand running through the hands is like it's relative to the outside world whereas there is an inner symbolic space uh that has some solidity to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 And the problem with that, it's, it's hard to translate that sort of ephemeral, like evoking momentary thing to anything that would be useful. <laughs> As, other, you know, with like five, six and four, three, there's you're, you're, you can distinguish yourself in the outside world in a way that's that you can plant something and be like, all right. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas, the five four space like it's really ambiguous and overly personal in a way that that mm-hmm. doesn't that you it's hard to build on yeah mm-hmm. yeah there's almost no place to put it um and that also explains why four five five four has such like can have such a strong aversion to the outside because on the opposite end they don't have a place to put themselves in the world either mm, true Mm-hmm. you know like trying to like fit into these like pre-existing things that everybody else understands but they have not given themselves like the, the time or the interest or whatever just like having the inner mechanisms or interest to understand what's going on outside mm-hmm. makes it that much like scarier in a way mm-hmm. you know which reinforces this thing of like i don't belong there i have to keep inventing this thing that makes sense for myself in right here. right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then there's me. <laughs> what about you? I don't know. I just wanted to <sighs> bring it back to herself. To bring it back yeah. to the queen. <laughs> bring it back to the queen. Queen. <laughs> a cult of queen. Bring the planets back in to <laughs> circling her. Just in case we forgot what this was always all going to be about. It's about yeah. the ninth. Yeah. The cult leader. It's called the cult of nine. The cult, the cult of, of nine. nine yeah. <laughs> that needs to be on a t-shirt. It does. Cream cult. Cream cult. Oh, I would wear that t-shirt. Man. I would wear that t-shirt to the <laughs> yeah, gym I'm in and the cream force cult. people to ask me about it. <laughs> oh man, cream is queen, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that also that should be on the back of the t-shirt. Nice. Okay. <laughs> um, I mean, yes. I'm even thinking of this, just it, not merch and stuff like that, but I'm thinking of like the four five five four thing, and you know, the eight seven and the two one kind of thing in response to three six nine. Mm-hmm. And all of that and how it is a different, you know, like the double hexad really does have its own hell because it doesn't know how to orient to like a collective space. Like four or five has it in a very dramatic way because they're underground, right? Mm-hmm. But eight, seven, seven, eight, one, two, two, one also has like a like a specific resistance they're not really always aware of. Um, yeah. And anyway, 
I think 369 has the has a different kind of hell in the sense that everything in a way is very easy because we do know how to pick up on everything that's going on. And so the resistance and like the the challenge and the fear comes from having to locate and give up some of that ease. Of course I'm speaking from 9, but like mm-hmm. um yeah, no, I don't think 9 has it any easier than 3 cuz 3 is active. But yeah, anyway, I can't flesh that out anymore, but there is it does kind of You mean, ping you mean give us some of that ease you mean give up like going along yeah a kind of Mm -hmm. like using other people's holding environments other people's orientations working off of other people's gaze you know Mm -hmm. that having to like locate and use my own in any of those ways is exposing myself to resistance Mm -hmm. you know is like put like pushing having to force myself into a certain kind of struggle Mm -hmm. yeah i don't know the rest of that but it feels like it does feel like the opposite problem of Hexad, where Hexad is kind of learning how to how to flow and go with things and know what's going on. Uh, mm-hmm. Whereas the attachment thing is learning how to turn off the awareness of what's going on uh, and and work off of their own motivations in resistance. I don't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's one thing that. Uh... Josh, when Josh was on DAA, was that you could define the type wing combinations by the object relational affect that they're missing. And so, yeah, yeah, you know, eight sevens missing attachment. That's that's the thing that I need to almost like a a stacking of object relations. Mm -hmm. So, like, I have a Mm -hmm. attachment blind spot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh, blind spot. Yeah, just that's what you need to integrate there is that last. Object relational affect. Got to reject. Yeah, I think rejection is the type I have. Is the the OR I have the least of. I think I only have that that special special five wing on my six fix. <laughs> it makes me so so special. Makes you so cool. Yeah. Uh. Well, I mean, that feels pretty rich. Yeah, that's yeah. there's plenty there. I can yeah. shape an episode I, out of that. Um, I was curious, uh, did Nancy, did you get your OPS typing or submit that or something? Or oh, no, yeah. yeah. OPS is, like, close enough that it's still interesting to me, but I'm, like, recognized I'm, like, losing interest in it. And so yeah, yeah. I, I want to do, like, an episode sooner than later where we go over it. Okay. Yeah, uh, Nancy, like to do that. we can get you, if you get your video done before the first. I can't do it before the first. I guarantee Damn. you. Sorry. We're moving into the new place oh yeah that's right that's right and then uh another thing i was thinking about i don't know alexander and i've been talking about romantic relationship stuff lately Mm -hmm. and i don't know there might be a a revisiting of uh in soul intercourse kind of ideas Mm -hmm. um you know and i don't know if that's something that we want to do as a group or alexander and i want to do just together uh i think doing it as a group would be cool i think we all have different things to say i just finished a book called all about love by bell hooks it was like popular not too long ago yeah is that a non-fiction yeah mm-hmm. um and there were some like good points in there that i could probably just pull up but one of the things john and i were talking about the other day was um <clears throat> uh was the effect of capitalism and consumerism on our ideas of love yeah and how we're all, we have all grown up with um, basically the commodification of love. Uh, and how we all think we're looking for love, but really what we're looking for is a partner to just have all of our needs met. And a partner <laughs> yeah. to just give us have what we want. Have a stable roommate. Yeah. Or like life enhancement, like lifestyle enhancement accessory. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just like some, basically a product. You know, that's all it is. Whereas love is something much more, um, first of all, it doesn't belong to any of the instincts. I think it, I think, mm-hmm. I think for a little mm-hmm. bit there, I thought it was the social instinct because I'm full of myself. <laughs> I'm um, glad you admitted it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, what, that I'm full of myself? <laughs> I knew that. Um, but anyway, yeah, it is, it is deeper than any of the three instincts. Anyway, kind of lost my train of thought, but I think, that kind of conversation would be interesting to revisit, especially as we've all had more experience and lived more life since last time we had that conversation. 
I guess one of the things that's happened that's come up in like conversations Alexander and I have had that I feel naturally happens here is just that the there there are topics like love and relationships that everybody cares about and then there's a lot of point of view and perspective and whatever on sexuality, things like this. But like because those fields don't have the Enneagram or they don't have the instincts, mm. uh, you know, when they're talking mm, they're like shallow. Yeah, they're they're shallow. They're missing something. Their ideal audience or their ideal sense of what's normal is based on their own type or attachment or sexual blind or sexual dominant or whatever it is. But uh, it gives such a such more precise distinctions for navigating certain or other topics. And so it might be useful to like start. I don't know, keeping an ear out for those kinds of topics that people go to the well for mm-hmm. and kind of like. Be the ones to, to put it out there first. Right, right. Yeah, we should do stuff on relationships. I mean, we can just do solo intercourse, you know, episodes because it's just a big topic. This is something that people think about a lot. And yeah, you know, and but- it's also just like not to be so nine about it, but it also is like the universal, you know, yearning. Everybody, whether they're uh, afraid of it and have given up on it or have calcified themselves to it, everybody still wants it. Mm-hmm. And is still like obsessed with either reacting against it or searching for it actively. Yeah.